0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This one was a fun one for me. Shout out to Zach Manns holding it down for North Carolina Straight Edge. And to be honest, I meant it when I said it in the podcast. When I saw Zach at Seven Fury, I knew that he was a new person to the area. And I definitely wanted to just go say what's up. I know we had a mutual friend in came in. And whether he was going to be chill about it or not, I just wanted to go out there and be like, hey, my name is Jamie, friends with Kamen, and I know you're new here, so I just want to say what's up and welcome you to California, Hardcore Scene. It's uh, a pleasure to have you. And whether he was going to be nice about it or not, I just wanted to you know, put my best foot forward and just make him feel welcome because I never want anybody to come here and feel like they're not a part of something when... They are so. I'm. I'm really happy that I did. Just over time, I've gotten to know Zach, seen him at a bunch of different shows, and it was just awesome to see him, you know, find his place in Southern California. And I'm really happy to hear that he enjoys it down here. So shout out to Zach for making that move and being happier. But Zach is awesome. Plays in a cool band called Sweet Soul. Really awesome band. I'm, I've am yet to see them, which is a, such a bummer on my part. I, I haven't seen them yet. I was scheduled to see them this upcoming Wednesday at the program skate shop. They are supposed to play with time and pressure, but unfortunately that show fell through due to this whole coronavirus thing, which is a bummer. I hope everybody is out there just staying safe. Shit's getting real weird. Disneyland's closed, and I'm um, really sad. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do in my free time. Uh, just kidding I actually have a lot of stuff to do in my free time I'm gonna catch up on some reading we're gonna play some fucking video games we're gonna try to stay positive and stay healthy so please all of you guys and gals be safe stay healthy don't get sick if you do get sick try to find the right help don't infect anybody else I don't want this to turn into world War Z I say this time and time again it's well documented if it should gets to the point where all hell breaks loose I'm gonna have to go full on Book of Eli. If you guys have seen the movie, you guys know what that means. If not, go check it out. Awesome movie. Shout out to everybody involved with that production. Super fun. But please stay safe. I don't want the world to get any more fucked up than it already is. It's definitely getting weird. So just try to stay positive. And yeah, like I said, again, I keep saying it, but just please, please be safe out there. But I really enjoyed this conversation with Zach. Shout out Zach Manns. And I enjoy literally everything that he does. Super fun guy to talk to, and I hope all you guys enjoy this as well. So please, without further ado, welcome Zach Manns to the podcast. all right and we're live welcome to the podcast zach
1: hey how's it going jamie
0: dude we're here i always uh think back to that day at San and fury when i saw uh you in the i think we were you were in the like the little area the, the bar area where the the photos or where the photo booth was last year and I remember I was standing there with my buddy Garrett and I was like, Hey, I think I kind of know that guy. I was like, let's go say what's up. So I brought Garrett just to make it not so weird, just in case like you were like weird about it. But uh, we also have a, a mutual friend in Cayman, and came in and I remember him posting a, a photo of you uh, before you moved to California and I just remembered that I wanted to go say what's up, just because Cayman's uh, a really nice guy, and I wanted to try to make you feel as welcome as possible because I know it's really strange and it could be hard sometimes to move somewhere brand new, especially where you don't know a lot of people.
1: Yeah, dude, I love you for that. That's fucking sick. <clears throat> um, it's funny that picture that he took. Literally, was on. I was on my way to California. Like, uh, I was. I left North Carolina. I literally packed up my my truck when a U-Haul and everything. And I literally, I was driving down through Atlanta and Cayman hit me up and was like, Hey, yo, backtracks playing their last Atlanta show. And I was like, Oh shit, that's sick. And, uh, dead heat was on it. And my buddy Josh was playing guitar for them. And he was like, Oh yeah, just come to the show, dude. He was like I'll get you in. Don't worry about it. So like I just kind of rolled down there, ended up staying way longer than I thought I would. Ended up crashing at Cayman's place, but, uh, we went to this like, it was like this frozen yogurt or frozen custard i don't fucking know like uh some kind of ice cream place that was like way too like thick and like it was almost gross how much shit was in it and we ate that like right before we went to that show and i remember feeling like shit after that but um that's where we took that picture was at that ice cream place that's funny that uh that that picture is how we were introduced
0: Yeah, it's crazy, but um, I I never really under or I really never knew why you decided to move to California from uh, North Carolina.
1: So, dude, there was so many reasons behind that. So, like, first of all, um, I'm originally I'm not from North Carolina. I'm from Long Island. Um, I moved to North Carolina at a very young age. Uh, my parents like relocated down there for work, um, which is like 90% of the population in Charlotte is all people from New York that like moved down South. Um, But I never really felt like I fit in there. Um, That's one thing that kind of drew me to hardcore is people in North, I can't say North Carolina as a whole, because I lived in Charlotte, which is like the big city there. Um, But people in Charlotte, um, and I'm not even, I'm not talking about the music scene. I'm just talking about like the normal people there. They have like this very like, condescending judgmental way that like you just kind of have this feeling like everybody's looking down their nose at you everybody's kind of judging you and i pretty much grew up with that like my whole life and i just always had this feeling that i didn't belong there i didn't fit in there i always felt like very outcast um so obviously yeah that that drew me into going to hardcore shows and things because it it brought me to a place that i felt a lot more accepted um but eventually like even that like I still had to like work a nine-to-five job in Charlotte and um I still had to like deal with people outside of the music scene it was just kind of like you know what uh I still don't feel it fit in here um and then I had a buddy that I used to work for back when I was in high school and he was from LA and uh he used to always tell me, like, dude, this place isn't for you. You need to move out to L.A. You're way too creative. Like, you're too much of an individual thinker. Like, blah, 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 blah. You got to you gotta get out of here, and you got to just move to L.A. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll go out and check it out. I came out here a few times. Like, the first time I came out here, I came out with my girlfriend. Um, just as kind of like a vacation because I had some extra PTO days. And then uh, I came out again <clears throat> a couple years ago. Um, when I was doing merch for this band called Watchdogs from, uh from Richmond, and uh, they did a couple dates in California, and uh, L.A. was my favorite date just because I love the city. <clears throat> so, um, so I did that, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to save up as much money as I can. I'm going to quit my job, and I'm just going to drive across the country and move here, so that's exactly what I did.
0: <laughs> and you didn't have any job lined up? You just kind of said, screw it, we'll figure it out when we get there?
1: So I did what I like to call my mid-20s retirement. I basically, so when I worked in Charlotte, I worked at this huge freaking tech corporation. Like, uh, it it looked like Google of the South. It was ridiculous. It was like sales marketing for digital firms. Like, it it was stupid. So I basically worked there for like three years. Made like enough money to where I didn't have to work for a while. Like, I, I basically like, said at 25, like, all right, cool, I'm just going to take a few months off. I'll find a job when I'll find a job, but right now I'm just going to chill. So I, I literally just moved out to L.A., and uh, I just kind of, like, took the past six months off. Like, I, I didn't have to work. I just kind of chilled, got to explore the city, got to go to some cool shows, like, took a couple of road trips, things like that. But, um, yeah, I was just, in, like, I was just hanging out. I just, for, like, a little bit of spare cash on the side, he's, even I did like a couple of just like minor acting gigs in Hollywood, just to say that I did it. <laughs> um, but, you know, they don't really pay shit, but uh, it was just like gas money, you know? But um, I, I ended up finding a job like right in January. So I'm, I'm all set. I mean, obviously I'm not making the same kind of money that I was making back in Charlotte because I'm not working for a giant tech corporation. But I found a job, like I'm in the, the entertainment industry out here now. I'm um, working at like a production company, so uh, it's really cool. I, I enjoy this a lot more than I enjoyed my dry desk job back in Charlotte.
0: Wow, I feel like you, you've gone full full Hollywood. You're acting. And now you're actually in the industry. That's so crazy, but but it's really cool to hear because uh, kind of i um, just like watching and you know following your Instagram, seeing you uh, you know going to all these um, cool spots in Southern California. I uh, didn't realize and I didn't know that um, you were just kind of uh, on like a mini vacation until you found a job. Uh, but but it's pretty awesome to hear that you finally landed one and um, that you're happier doing what you're doing here instead of you know being back home and stuck at that desk.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's so much nicer out here. The people out here, like, um, everyone here is just so much nicer. People are like, like, <clears throat> there's like a south, a southeast type of nice, and there's a Southern California type of nice. Where the southeast, like, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for like everywhere because I never lived in like Atlanta or anything. Like everybody I met in Atlanta is pretty nice. Um, but like <clears throat> the southeast, like North Carolina, um, people are nice to your face. It's like a very ingenuine type of nice. Whereas Southern California, people are like legitimately nice. Like there's something in the air here. Maybe it's the fact that it's sunny all the time. Like people are just so much nicer here. It's it's ridiculous. And being able to work with nice people. In there, because people had always told me like, oh, don't work in the industry. People are assholes. They're going to stab you in the back every single chance that they get. I haven't had a single person like that. Everybody's been really genuine and really nice to me so far
0: that's cool well it might be because they probably recognize that you're not from around here so they probably don't have to worry about you stabbing them in the back
1: yeah probably
0: (laughs) maybe but that's crazy i i didn't know that you were um born on long island
1: yeah oakdale uh club represent
0: (laughs) okay hell yeah that's super sick so when you moved out to uh California, did you have any intentions on starting a band? Because um, currently you play in Sweet Soul, and I uh, when I first talked to you, I, I didn't even know that you knew how to play any instrument. So it's cool to see that you're, you're actually um, participating and actually um, in a cool band.
1: Yeah. so I actually had no intention of well, I thought maybe like down the road if I met enough people, maybe I'd start a band. Um, but I had no intention of being in a band so quickly. Um, I obviously, like, I brought all my gear out here, like, I brought my amp, I brought guitars and all that shit, like, um, I just brought it so I could have it, you know, but I didn't think that after three months of living in LA, I would already be asked to be in an already existing band, um, which is, it's awesome, I love Sweet Soul, like, it's funny because I literally, like, I met Kyle, uh, the bass player, at a show, and he like showed me this band. And I was like, "Yo, this band is fucking sick!" And I was listening to it all the time. And then eventually, he was like, "Hey, uh, you want to fill in for a show?" And I was like, "Yeah, totally, dude. Not even a question." So like, just kind of went from there, you know.
0: That's wild. And um, when you met Kyle, was it just like you guys are just in passing, just kind of said what's up, or how'd you guys meet?
1: Um, so we, I'm trying to think back to it. So it was uh. Another, another backtrack show. So when backtrack played their last LA show, um, my buddies, uh, from Charlotte in Magnitude, uh, they were like one of the openers because they were, they were on tour with Strike at the time and, uh, their tour kind of got combined with the backtrack tour. So, uh, Magnitude, EcoStrike and Envision opened that show. So I was like, I rolled out and I was just, uh, you know, hanging out uh outside after the show just hanging out uh on the sidewalk uh talking with paul uh the guitarist of magnitude and uh this dude kyle was standing there talking with us because i guess uh he knew paul because he had done stuff for his other band called fake eyes uh which is um also on immorality and so um we were just talking paul introduced me to kyle and then all the dudes in magnitude left because they had to drive to like san diego or something and then me and Kyle were just kind of like the last one standing there at the show. And we ended up standing out there talking for like 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. And we're like, yo, this dude's fucking cool. Um, so we were just like, you know, shooting the shit, whatever. Um, and he was, like, he was like, yo, let me get your number. We should hang out sometime. And I was like, okay, cool. So I gave him my number. And then he texted me like a few days later and was like, hey, my band Sweet Soul is playing a show of an Eagle Rock. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, dude, absolutely. So I went to that show. It was at a bowling alley in Eagle Rock with, uh, I want to say, Jinx and a couple other bands. I can't remember who else played. But um, but I went out to that show, and we just kind of hung out. We're just shooting the shit. And uh, I don't know. I had said something about like playing music, and he was like, oh, you play music? What do you play? And I was like, oh, I play guitar. He was like, oh, no way um one of our guys can't make it to the next show do you want to like fill in for him it was a show at five star bar with uh wise uh reclaim and i think distort was supposed to be on it but they dropped the last minute um but i went and i just i filled in and played that show it went really well and they were like hey low-key you just want to be in the band now like we have a feeling that one of our because the two of the original members were kind of like flaky i guess um, they like just didn't show up to show sometimes. So they wanted me as like a backup guy who would just basically be there for if they didn't show up. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, cool. I'll do it. Why not? And then eventually we ended up parting ways with those guys. Um, they, which by the way, those other two guys, they've got another band called morning glow. Um, they don't really do a whole lot, but anybody that like fans that's kind of like citizens or anything like that, check out morning glow. They're really fucking good. Um, But, uh, yeah, so now I'm just full-time in Sweet Soul.
0: And are you the only guitar player now?
1: Um, No, we've also got Ian. Uh, He also plays guitar. He plays all the lead stuff, and then I do all the rhythm.
0: Okay, for sure. Uh, I I feel like uh, they should uh, update their – or you guys should update the the Bane Camp and throw your name up there.
1: Oh, probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) just, uh, yeah, just me being observant, just I, I always like to go and see because it's always nice when uh, everything's uh, detailed and they actually name the members because uh, there's definitely been instances where, like, I've had to go, like, hit up the people in the band and be like, hey, who else is in your band? Because, like, I'll know like at least, like, one member, and I'm always curious just to see oh, yeah. who who plays what, and it's always interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Um,
1: I'll, I'll definitely let some note update to camp. Um, last I checked, the only place that I've seen my name on anything is uh, the inserts for the LP has got me on it. But um, everything else, I don't know what's been updated or not. But yeah,
0: yeah. The uh, record. Uh, Do you like good music? I I think that's such a funny name because uh, well, it's
1: it's taken from a uh, an old like soul song. I don't know who the fuck it's by. But it's like, the song comes out, it's like, hey, do you like good music? So, something like that. And there's like a band plan behind it. But uh-huh. it's like it's like an old soul song.
0: That's awesome. I definitely want to figure out who uh, that's from. Because I think the name is uh, just really cool and fun to um, look at. Because y- you read it and it's like, um, obviously, in your mind, it's like, of course, I like good music. So it's like, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Here's a trick. We're tricking you with our record name. Listen to our record.
1: Uh, yeah, that, that's a funny way to think about it. I never thought of it that way. Because <laughs> um, I remember I was like, where did that name come from? And Kyle showed me. It's like, I think uh, the name, of, I can't remember the name of the song, but like the uh, the one of the lyrics is, sweet soul music is in the air and it opens with, hey, do you like good music? So I guess that's where they kind of tied that all together. It was from like a funky like soul song from back in the 70s or 80s.
0: Well, I'm all about it. The I think the band name's awesome. The title of the record's awesome. So it's a good job on his part or whoever uh, collectively uh, decided all that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that was Kyle and uh, Taylor, the vocalist. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Um, we've got the uh, a couple of the songs off of the EP have been re-recorded and they're going to go on our LP, uh, which is I don't know when it's coming out. I think it's coming out like. May or June or something like that I'm not entirely sure
0: Okay, and uh, do you guys go back to uh, Paradise Studios to record?
1: Yeah, so we, we did all the recording at Paradise with Colin um, I was not there for a lot of it It was they did the recording all during the week, um, so I had to work so I, I was able to get there after work and just kind of like hang out and like, you know throw some input at them. but it was cool I'd never been to Paradise before, but it was, uh, it was a cool spot. Definitely. He's definitely got the setup that you need to record, you know, any type of band. Um, it was it was tight.
0: Yeah. So many awesome records have come out of that studio. I've never been there personally, but I've had so many people on the podcast who have recorded there. And it's just like, yeah, it's so many awesome records. It's, it's a cool place.
1: Yeah, he does a good job. Like, uh, I, I didn't get to hear any of the, like, finished tracks because I was only down there for a day. Um, but what I heard so far, it literally, it's, it's, it's really good. Like it it's exceeded my expectations because the record was written so quickly. I was like, damn, we're already going to record an LP. Um, yeah, sure. And then I was like, I went down there and listened to what they had and I was like, okay, cool. You know what you're doing. I'm just going to shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> so for sure. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you guys are coming out with more music because the, The EP sick, and, you know, I I haven't had a chance to see you guys live. And I'm curious. You guys are supposed to play this upcoming Wednesday at Program. Is that show still on?
1: Nope. Uh, I'm really freaking bummed because I I really wanted to play at Program. Like, I've been to a few shows there. Like,
0: like Program
1: is, like, such a a legendary venue. Like, being me, who's not from California, um, I've, like, seen videos of it that were like, you know, on one nine seven, things like that. And it just looks like, it always looked to me like such a cool place. Like, like people on the East coast look at program, like the way people on the West coast probably saw like CBGBs back in the day. Like, it's just like crazy. So <clears throat> I've always like jumped at the, like the opportunity to go to shows there when it's available. Um, and the fact that we got asked to play that show, I was so stoked. i like, shit, I'm actually going to get to play this spot. It's going to be awesome. But um, I think one of the touring bands that's supposed to be playing, I think one of them caught, like, coronavirus or something. So that show's been completely canceled.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so I know the, know the uh, singer of Time and Pressure, and I was actually communicating with him. And um, I, I know one of the guitar players was overseas, and somebody – that he was around coronavirus, so he had to um, get quarantined. So they're not sure if he has it yet. Or maybe they confirmed, uh, last time I checked, he doesn't have it. He was just being quarantined. So it's such a bummer.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I hope the guy didn't get it. Like, I mean, it it looks terrible out there. Like, freaking people are in hysteria over this shit. But, uh, Yeah. yeah, I hope that guy does all right.
0: Yeah, have you like been to the grocery stores or been out in the wild and just seen how like different people are acting? Dude,
1: it's insane. Like, it's like people are acting like it's a zombie apocalypse getting ready to happen. Like, I went. Um, the, I live in Hollywood, um, and there's a Trader Joe's like two blocks from my apartment, and uh, I just went in there like to get like some eggs or, or like some almond milk or something, and like. People were in there, like, not necessarily, like, fist fighting, but they were, like, you could see it in their eyes that they weren't ready to lash out. Like, there was, like, mobs of people. Like, everything was sold off of the shelves. Like, it, it was just insane. The lines were, like, they had, they basically had security, like, conducting people where to go to stand in line to, like, buy all their stuff. It was it's nuts, dude. Like, uh, I don't get it. I think people are just so prepared for, like, the apocalypse like everybody's just kind of low key hoping the apocalypse happens cuz they want to be the one to survive like they've been watching so much freaking walking dead and and all these other like post apocalyptic shows they're like yo I want I want to be that guy so fuck all you I'm going to go to Trader Joe's and stock up on bread and water and we'll see who survives the longest like it's it's ridiculous dude
0: yeah I I think it's really strange that uh, there's like you know i've I seen reports about over an hour wait just to get into like a costco and i am like who the hell's waiting that long to get into costco to try to you know stock up on stuff to prep just in case uh, shit goes down i i, I don't think that's like and and especially if you don't have like like a like a bombshell shelter or like you know your house isn't outfitted to survive something like that, I feel like this whole everybody prepping is just kind of pointless because people are just gonna kick down your door and kill you anyways unless you got you know the means to protect yourself.
1: Exactly, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like people are just people just like to feed into the the epidemic that the media feeds to them. I mean, like me. I'm too lazy to cook myself. I don't cook shit. I eat, I eat out of like every single night of the week anyway. So I was like, coronavirus or not, if if everyone's dying of disease, I'm still not cooking myself. There's a freaking in worst case scenario. If the world ends, there's a freaking subway and a 7-Eleven across the street from my apartment. And I know for a fact that those places aren't shutting down even if the world ends. So I'm, I'm good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they'll just stay open and, you know, uh, collect and hopefully be able to survive. I I feel like if that stuff does go down and like you mentioned earlier, how we've all been watching The Walking Dead and all these like post-apocalyptic stuff, uh, I, I feel like it won't be as bad as the movies and all this entertainment stuff like projected to be. I, I, or maybe I'm wrong or, or maybe people just go like full crazy and it will be that bad
1: yeah i mean p- people can do whatever the hell they want i'm I'm not worried for my own sake i live on the freaking sixth floor of a, of a fortified lockdown apartment complex and i sleep with a freaking ar-15 under my bed so i'm not i'm not worried about it
0: <laughs> dang six floors up uh, was there like a freight elevator to move all your stuff into your apartment
1: yeah so there's a freight elevator and everything and like so that's one of those things like um when i moved to la like everybody was like yo be careful where you live. Like you're going to get your shit broken into. You're going to get robbed. You're going to get freaking mugged, all this kind of stuff, especially like, cause low key, I'm kind of an idiot for moving to Hollywood, but it's just such a centralized location. Like, no, I didn't move here because it's Hollywood. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't care that the freaking Hollywood sign, the walk of fame, the Chinese Theater. Like that that's, that's all like touristy shit. That's like, I, that didn't draw me here. The fact that draw me to Hollywood is the fact that it is, smack dab in the middle of the city so wherever i need to go it's the same amount of commute time but people were like yo you got to be careful so i was like i'm gonna take extra precautions so i moved to a place where literally like you need a freaking key fob to get through like every floor here like you gotta like to get from the outside world into my apartment you gotta scan this thing like three or four times plus you gotta unlock this freaking thick lead door like I'm not worried about zombies beating down my door.
0: (laughs) Uh Hell yeah, that's cool to hear that there's like that much security to get into where you're at. Because some places just don't even care; you just like waltz right in.
1: Oh yeah, dude. I mean, with I mean, dude, there's a freaking like uh, there's psychos on the street. Like I downloaded that uh, that Citizen app, the one that like shows you about crime that happens in your neighborhood. And, dude, you would not believe the crazy shit that I see on this thing. That happened literally, like, not even, like, 500 feet away from my apartment complex. Like, literally, like, I've seen, like, uh, people, like, with freaking swords out. There's, There's, like, an underpass on Gower Street, like, where I could see from my apartment. I've legit seen, like, the homeless people out there fighting with, like, medieval weapons and shit, like... It's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I feel like they have to really step up security to keep like, you know, the really like out there people from from making their way in and, and getting to us, you know.
0: <laughs> and uh, do you just check that app for like safety reasons before you leave your apartment or um, why did you download that app?
1: Oh, I check it for entertainment. I think it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, dude, you see some of the craziest shit. Like, like I said, like literally you'll check it and you'll see like report of man fighting in the street with a sword or like moving on a roof with a bike chain, throwing bricks at people. Like, I, I just think that it's funny. Like, it's like the, the types of crime that happens in LA is like, ridiculous. cause it's like where I'm from in Charlotte, gun violence is a huge issue. Like people get shot there every single day. And like, um, where I used to live, cause I used to live, uh, near the campus of the university. I'm there when I was going to school and that's like one of the worst parts of Charlotte. There's like a really big, um, gang issue. There's a really big, like, uh, human trafficking issue. So like people get like kidnapped, people get shot, like all the freaking time in, in Charlotte and, that's the kind of crime that I'm used to is like hearing gunshots. Tell me that where it's like here, nah, the worst thing you got to worry about is some crazy guy with a baseball bat running around the street, hitting people in the head, which is like, it's crazy, but it's like, it's not as extreme as like, you know, literally dude, uh, I went home for Christmas. Um, and in the one, one or two weeks that I was home, um, there's this huge shopping mall, uh, right down the street from where my parents live. And, um, while I was home like I want to say like three or four teenagers got shot at the Dave and Buster's at this mall while I was home and I was like oh yeah that's why I left because uh it's dangerous isn't it, too <laughs> that's
0: wild uh, well, you mentioned earlier people getting kidnapped Are do they normally turn up or do they just go missing forever
1: dude uh, I honestly like I wish I knew more about the issue like Charlotte, I feel like this is an issue that a lot of people don't really even know about unless they live there. Charlotte's one of the number one uh, human trafficking uh, cities in the country. So, like, a lot of people go missing. And um, I don't know how much of it actually gets reported or how, how much of it gets solved. I know the one case that I heard, um, there was a girl who lived at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte where I used to live. And she was driving her car back to her apartment. She pulled into the parking lot where she lived. And a 16-year-old kid held her up at gunpoint and stole her car with her in it. And he basically, like, had her driving around with a gun to her head. And, like, it was it was sick. Like, not like the cool sick, but, like, sick in the head. Like, twisted, evil things. Like, this was a 16-year-old kid who kidnapped, like, a 21-year-old girl and, like, he obviously, like, he sexually assaulted her and shit and then he was, like, planning to kill her until she duck and rolled out of the car and then he just took off. And they they ended up catching the dude. I don't know what happened to him, um, but she survived. That's, like, one of the few cases that I've heard of where, like, somebody escaped and survived the shit, but, like, it it happens all the time. Like, there'll uh, be these... Um, and one of my best friends still goes so she would always tell me about this stuff, where I'll see it like posted on her Instagram story. Like uh, <clears throat> there was uh, there were these like groups that uh, they pretended to be like Christian groups, where they would walk around campus and they would hand out flyers like, "Oh, come to our Christian women's meeting, and uh you know learn about God or whatever." And it was just a front; like they would try and get people to come to these meetings, and they would show up and they would just kidnap them, like. I don't know if anybody actually got kidnapped from that, but it was like a huge thing. Like, I saw everybody sharing on their Instagram, like, if anybody approaches you, like, asking you to join their, their, their worship group, turn the other way and run, like, it's it's insane. It's, it's a huge problem there. And it. I feel like the the police force in Charlotte is not doing anything to solve it because they're too busy writing people speeding tickets and you know doing their job the wrong way and not addressing the real issues it's insane
0: yeah i i saw something on worldstar about uh somebody getting you know it was like a sex trafficking thing about you know uh these people were in walmart trying to talk to people and uh, i i guess their like congregation was known to to be like a sex cult and not actually uh, like a normal church so they were like you know they grabbed the Walmart employees were like yo get these people out of here like like here I pulled up on my phone and, like they're a part of this sex cult and they're trying to recruit people in your store like tell them to leave this is gross I'm just trying to buy groceries and not trying to get invited to be in a sex cult
1: that's wild I think did that happen in Richmond uh, I think I heard about something like that was happening at a Walmart in Richmond
0: I'm not sure exactly where it was I just saw it on a world star
1: uh, that's that's so weird dude like it's it's a fucked up world we live in like even um even here like um before we decided that we were going to move to hollywood we were originally looking at moving to koreatown because uh, that's like that's probably one of my favorite neighborhoods in the city um and not to mention it's like half the price to live there than it is in hollywood and we were originally looking at, to live there and then we just started seeing all this uh, all these reports and like we knew people that lived in K-Town that had literally had like black vans follow them home and stuff like that like um, apparently there's a pretty big human trafficking issue in Koreatown so not exactly the kind of place that I'd want to walk alone at night if I lived there but or if, have my girlfriend out there you know um, but yeah dude it's it's everywhere it's just I feel like it's such a The media is too busy blowing up coronavirus to talk about that kind of an issue, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's so many problems, and I uh, always read those stories about, uh, like, Uber and Lyft drivers. And and, and I know this is, like, you know, we're going down, like, a dark path, but, uh, like, even, like, me, myself, whenever I ride and I I only do this when I'm on vacation. If I'm going to like the airport or something, like I'll take like an Uber or a Lyft to the airport and I I go alone and, uh, I I know how to defend myself, but I I still get nervous, you know, getting into a car with a stranger. I'm always like, just really like aware of like what's going on and like really hoping that I don't like end up in some weird situation where I'm about to get kidnapped or they're going to kill me.
1: Yeah, there's some psychos out there. Like uh, it's, 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 it's so much going on. Um, Ubers and lifts, like, uh, it's, uh, it's creepy. Like, I I know they've got, like, these, uh, these different types of, like, car services now that are, like, for women, by women, where it's, like, you're not gonna have some creepy dude, like, pick you up and, like, you know, take you off to a freaking basement somewhere, like, it's, like, actually, like, run by people. It's supposed to be, like, a a safe ride type of deal. I can't remember what it's called, but, uh, it's it's here in LA, um, but it's, uh, one way to keep things a little bit safer but and then, hey, dude. <laughs> it's such a weird world like it's just such a it's such a bad place we live you just got to look for all the the silver linings and try to see the positive things in the world you know
0: yeah and it, it's crazy because we we do so much to try to get to the things that we enjoy but at the same time there's so much like weird and dark shit going around us
1: yeah it sucks and i feel like uh You know, that's another thing that I love about, uh, you know, the music scene is like, it's a place where we're all on the same page about that kind of thing. Like everybody's, you know, supporting each other, like everybody's trying to keep each other safe. And that's, that's another good thing about going to shows, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I went to this, uh, venue in LA and it was the first time that I'd ever been there and, it was cool. I I appreciated the you know DIY aspect of it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that people were smoking inside. Like I, I get mm-hmm. it, you want to smoke cigarettes? That's cool. Do your thing. It's not not for me. But the fact that it was okay inside the building and I had to be around it, it was just really gross.
1: What venue was it?
0: Uh, it was the the wreck.
1: Yo, let's talk about the wreck. So. People that are listening that are not from L.A. that have never even heard of this place, let, let me describe the rec center real quick. So it is a straight-up warehouse in the middle of Skid Row. Like, I have I have never been to, like, a sketchier location for a show in my life, I don't think. Like, I pulled up there to go to uh, the Sound Fury after show, and I was just like, the the Uber driver, like, dropped us off, and I was like, yo, where the fuck are we right now Mm -hmm. and like once you get inside everything's obviously safe like it's a really cool venue like um it's a it's a great size the stage is great the the sound system sounds good like the people running it know what they're doing it's just like that location is nuts dude like i literally i had to park like a block away from the venue because i guess all the parking was was filled up on the street and i literally saw like people like living in trash cans like just shooting up right there on the streets like it was, and I was like, yo, can I leave my car here? Is my shit about to get stolen? Like, that, it was just, I was wild. Now, since then, I've been back to a couple of shows, and I feel like it's not as much of a shock to me now that I've been a couple of times, but my first time going there, I was like, yo, what is this? Like, but uh, it's a cool spot. I hope that they keep doing shows there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm real curious if somebody lives there because I I went and used the the restroom and there's like a like a bathtub and I noticed like a, it was like there's like a used bar of soap and I was like man I think somebody might be living in here this is uh, you know all signs were pointing to that in the restroom but I I just couldn't imagine like what that space was used for like when the shows weren't happening.
1: Dude, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if somebody lives in there. I mean, the rent's probably cheap as hell because it's some skid row, but like. um... There's a spot in Richmond called the Warehouse Super DIY, and it's a warehouse. It's similar to the Rec Center, but um, obviously it's not in nearly as bad of a neighborhood. Um, it's just kind of like in like a little industrial area in in Richmond, and I think there's a couple people that live there and put on the shows. But um, yeah, it, it's it's much cleaner. <laughs> but uh, it's it's crazy how there's people that are uh, are so willing to like let that many people come in and just like go crazy in the place that they live, you know, like in a warehouse, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Can you imagine like uh, having like a long day at work and coming home and forgetting that there's a full on hardcore show going on where you're living?
1: Yeah. Straight up like, Oh, that was tonight. Crap. I had, I thought I was going to get some sleep. That's not happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I... Oh man. I would go like just go like watch a movie or something, <laughs> just to try to kill the time.
1: Yeah, for real. Like uh, I remember the uh, the warehouse. Like um, I've been to a lot of shows though. Um, like because I live in North Carolina, Richmond was only like a four and a half hour drive. So there wasn't a lot going on in North Carolina for the most part, as far as like hardcore shows go. Like over the past few years, like maybe you get like. One show a month, if you're lucky. And that one show that happens that month probably isn't even in your city. You probably have to drive a couple hours to the next town out over to go to it. So I was just kind of like, ah, this is awesome. I'm just going to start going to Richmond. because Like, I've got a bunch of friends up there. Like, got a place to stay. So most of the time, I would just, we would all go to shows in Richmond. And like, so many of them would happen at the warehouse. And um, one of the craziest ones there was uh, <coughs> the United Blood After Show. I want to say it was like 2016 or 2017. I can't remember what year it was, but it was like, um, who played? I want to say Brace War played. I want to say maybe Three Geek played and Build and Destroy played. And like the show went till like three in the morning. It was insane. It was just after being at a fest all day and then, Going to that afterwards was just like exhausting, but it was really cool.
0: <laughs> that is uh, pretty crazy. You know what's funny is I just had on uh, Eric. Uh, he plays in the Answer and Mad, and like he was literally talking about that same show because we were talking about how uh, after shows are just so exhausting because it's because they go so late.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> which by the way, the Answer is sick. I saw them at uh, they played Edge Day. Wait. Was that the answer? I can't remember. But whatever band, uh, whatever band they have that's like fifteen people or whatever, they played Edge Day like a year ago. Oh no, and that's that was,
0: uh, was that the verdict?
1: That's it, the verdict, not the answer. The verdict. Holy crap, dude! <laughs> the verdict. What a what a band right there. I don't even know if they do anything anymore. But like, it was just basically all the dudes from like Downfall, Red Vision. Breakaway, like all all those dudes basically just like 15 deep got up on a stage and just started just going off it was it was nuts that was a fun show
0: (laughs) so I I, I can't imagine having to drive four and a half hours just to get to a show that's so insane
1: yeah it's a very common thing like um because like I said dude North Carolina scene for the most part I can't say because I haven't been to a show there in like almost a year But um, when I was living there, like, my last, like, couple years, um, the scene was kind of dead. Like, there was not much happening at all. There wasn't really any venues, Um, which it's funny that Magnitude, which is probably the biggest hardcore band to ever come out of North Carolina um, since probably, like, you know, Prayer for Cleansing or something like that, like, probably the biggest, like, most noteworthy band in the past 10 years is from Charlotte, which is one of the most like, you know, there's not a lot going on there, but at the same time, one of the biggest bands in hardcore is like thriving, coming out of that city. Um, But just the fact that, that that they're able to do that with not a whole lot of like local support, like, I saw that they did a show in Greensboro, a couple, I want to say it was like a month or two ago at this little spot called fantasy, um, which is literally just like one of those like little hood spots, like, just a little like dumpy, like brick building in the middle, like you know, kind of a sketchy neighborhood. And I, there was, it looks pretty pile. I saw a couple of videos. Um, my younger brother, who's just now getting into hardcore, he's only 15, but he's like really like taken to hardcore. Like he's like super duper like straight edge and all that kind of stuff. Like I saw him and I saw my other brother who's like 20. Um, they were both since, like. <laughs> you know, at front and center at that show, like, moshing it up, doing whatever. And uh, there was a lot of, like, younger kids. So I feel like maybe North Carolina is starting to get, like, a, a new resurgence of younger kids. And that's exactly what, like, when I was living there, me and my friends were always trying to, like, get new kids to start to come out to shows. It was really hard. Like, I think maybe in the, you know, however many years I was doing that kind of stuff. Like I used to book a lot of shows back in the day. Um, Especially when I was in high school, I used to book a show almost every weekend and I would always see new kids come because I feel like um, one of the reasons that the theme died there is because there was a lot of like violence. Like there's a lot of people that if they didn't know you, they would try to fight you. Like I would see so many people get like beat up at shows over like pit beef or like, just kids that like they didn't look like they belong. So everybody like got in their face and, and ran them off. And that, it was like that for years until eventually those bullies like stopped coming around and uh, newer people started kind of taking the reins on things. That's how Charlotte was. At least I can't speak for the whole state, but uh, we had a pretty good thing going though for like um, I want to say like 2015 was a really good year. Like we had all been starting these brand new bands. Like <clears throat> um, me and my friends, We started a band called Refocus, which is like a late 90s sounding straight edge band. Um, You had the Dudes in Magnitude. They had a band called Substance, which is kind of like more like Youth of Today style. Um, And then you had like a couple other bands that were doing stuff. And and we booked a lot of shows together. And like we had a lot of bands come up from like Florida and a lot of bands come down from New York. And um, we were able to do a lot then. But then I feel like a lot of people have kind of dropped off a lot of people kind of like sold out shows were a lot harder to get together. Like, um, you know, bands would break up and then you just kind of have what's left and you just kind of have to throw together what you can. But, uh, I kind of like, wait, it got to a certain point where it's like, all right, it's not even worth trying anymore. So I would just kind of like, you know, go to shows when there were shows, but there would still be like, you'd go to a show. Like one of the last shows I went to, um, I went to a show in Charlotte. It was Homewrecker and a couple other people. I can't remember what other bands it was, but I want to say it was only like five people at that show. Like it was dead. Like, and is sick. You know,
0: that's wild. Five people. Yeah, that can. That's such a bummer. But at the same time, it's just like shout out to the five people that actually showed up and still cared. Um, But going on the point that you mentioned, magnitude. Like, you don't always have to be from a big city to. Uh, do big things so the uh seeing them doing what they're doing currently and uh what they're doing for hardcore and, and the fact that yeah not a lot of people talk about where they're from uh you know it, it's uh awesome that they're doing as much as they are um and not having like a strong like you know scene back home to to prop them up
1: yeah exactly like i was just talking to those guys about it like <clears throat> um like, those dudes, they've been doing this shit for so long. Like, I've known, um, yeah, I've, I've known them since they were, like, we were, we all, like, kind of grew up together, like, going to shows and shit. Like, we'd always be in bands, like, that would play with each other and stuff like that. Like, I've known those guys since before, you know, they weren't even old enough to get into, like, 18 and up venues, like, um, but, yeah, they've been doing it for so long. They played in so many bands, like, they had. Their their first quote-unquote hardcore band was this band called Distrust, which they were like, all right, cool, we've taken this as far as we can go with it, let's stop that. Then they did Self-Destruct, which they went as far as they can go with that, and they were like, all right, cool, scratch that, let's do a better band, and they did Substance, and they went as far as they can go with that. And then it's like, I feel like after all these like uh, um, different trials of doing bands and knowing what fits and what doesn't fit, they finally just kind of like got that ultimate all star lineup of all their friends that, you know, play the best music and are the most agreeable people to like tour with and everything. And they were like, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do. And then, bam, you got magnitude. And ever since they dropped that demo back in, I want to say it was like 2017, maybe is when the demo came out. And I was like, I heard that just the intro alone and how it kicked into the fire. I was like, yo, this band is going to be like, if they can break past the whole, like, you know, if they can break out of just North Carolina and get like, you know, to a national level, there's not a single person who's going to hear this band That's not going to love it. You know, I was like, the fan's going to blow up. And like, then they got, I think they got put on FYA. Um, they, I mean, they played FyA almost every year. Cause that's like, you know, South Florida is like second home to them. But, uh, they played that and like the reaction that they were getting were just incredible. Next thing you know, they're playing United Blood. Uh great reaction to that show. And then it's like, bam, they're playing every single fest. Now they're playing, you know, <clears throat> they're playing uh they just did that L V B fest. They did uh This is Hardcore and then they're they're going I think they're playing in Europe or something like that. I don't know. They're like they're about to start touring internationally and stuff now, so it's like they got they got big things coming, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's really awesome to see they deserve um, all that because it's a super awesome. Awesome band, and I I didn't know about their past, and um, hearing them you know just keep at it with all those other bands, and just being able to uh, you know keep the spirit alive, and just still willing to do it even after reaching those points with the other bands before magnitude. It's uh, cool, and, and it's cool to know that they're st- still down. Yeah, like
1: those kids are in it for life. Like <clears throat> they've been doing it for so long. Like, I'm pretty sure, because we used to have, like, a kind of a big straight-edge community in Charlotte. Like, the whole thing about Charlotte is it's a very, like, alcohol-driven city. Like, there's no, like, real culture to the city. So people, like, kind of made their own culture, which is basically just beer culture. Like, there's literally, like, there's more breweries in the city of Charlotte than there are, like, libraries and public schools. Like, literally every single block there's a brewery on And that's what Charlotte defined its culture as is just a bunch of sad drunks. So I always saw that as like, well, I don't wanna be like them, so like and I feel like a lot of people felt the same way. So we're like, oh, we're gonna be straight edge, we're gonna kinda like stand,
0: you know, our own
1: way, like we're not gonna go along with all that. Like it seemed like it was like going good for a long time. Like we had like a pretty pretty tight knit group of friends, like it was like uh, a lot of straight edge kids and just over the years a lot of them just kind of, like, stopped pairing, sold out, all that kind of stuff. Like, even some of my best friends today that I were – I literally, like, introduced them to being straight-edge. Like, some of them are, like, the biggest potheads I know. I still love them. But, you know, it, it's like the straight-edge community has gotten a lot smaller. But I feel like um, those guys in Magnitude, they're, like, the ones that stood doing it. You know, like, they didn't sell out. They stuck to it. And I don't see them, you know, selling out ever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, it was cool to see you with your uh, uh, your Letterman jacket at the program show. It was cool to see you representing for back home.
1: Oh yeah, dude, got to represent like as one of as one of the last of the North Carolina straight edge people. Uh, I will take any opportunity to to represent that because I remember, dude, when I first started going to shows back in like 2010, 2011, that was like straight edge was a joke back then to most people like i used to get bullied i used to have people blow fucking smoke rings in my face i used to have people throw beer cans at me like people were always trying to be like man just freaking smoke a cigarette you fucking baby like quit quit being straight edge and like everybody would just kind of like rag on me like make fun of me all that stuff and i was i literally like there was no other straight edge people back then and i was young i was probably like 16 years old and I would come out and I'd be like, I'm straight edge. you would be like, you're not straight edge, you're not even 21. I'm like, yeah, well, at least I got the heart, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I, I stuck with it, you know, now I'm 25 and I'm still same exact way that I was then, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's wild that people would, you know, try to make you feel like, less for wanting to you know be straight edge i've definitely experienced that myself so i'm I'm happy that you're able to stay strong and not let them influence your life choices
1: yeah it's uh it's nice like um like going to shows back then like uh 2010 2011 that was like when uh people were starting to get out of their metalcore phase and start to get into bands like harm's way and uh you know backtrack expire things like that so they were they were just starting to like get into like hardcore at the time like and getting out of like their you know acacia strain merch and changing into harm's way merch and stuff like that and they were really trying to like prove something like oh yeah i'm a real hardcore guy and i'm like yeah that's cool um that, that's awesome whatever but then like then they would start moshing all violently and then they would uh they would always like be like, "Hey, fuck the straight edge kid! Like, let's go, you know, throw a beer bottle at him or something, you know." Like, um, but uh, a- after enough time, you know, those guys kind of just fell off, stopped coming around, and like the few nice people that were still there, like, kept going to shows, and we were able to build more of a community after that, you know. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I used to own this uh, this Acacia Train shirt, and. It was like a bad luck t-shirt and anytime I wore it, something bad would happen and I would always, you know, I'd wear it, something bad would happen and I'd be like, whatever, I'd put it away for a while and then I would see it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear it today and I'm going to break this uh, curse that I've tricked myself um, into, but no, dude, like I got dumped wearing that t-shirt, I totaled my car wearing that t-shirt and it, it just, at just some point I was like, you know what, this shirt probably is bad luck, I'm just never going to wear it again, so I literally just threw it away.
1: Holy shit, dude. That is insane because I have the same exact story. So, <clears throat> I literally, so speaking of Cayman, which, by the way, uh, Cayman, if you're listening to this, I fucking love you, dude. Um, Cayman uh, was up in North Carolina one day, and we were just walking around the mall, and we walked into a Macy's, and he saw this polo tracksuit, and he was like, dude, this is the fucking sickest thing ever. And he put it on, and he was like, yo, man, put on a polo tracksuit and match with me. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So we both put on these matching polo tracksuits and he was like, dude, you know, it'd be freaking hilarious. if We bought these tracksuits and wore them to FYA and just like duo moshed it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that could be pretty funny. Sure. Let's do it. Why not? So freaking, we both who were quote unquote, you know, like we were, we were at our early twenties, like, Oh, we're making money at our corporate jobs. Now let's blow our money on stupid clothing. So we bought these like $200 tracksuits and wore them down to fya and if you if you watch any of your videos from that year i want to say it was like 2016 or something like that you'll see my corny ass moshing in a freaking polo tracksuit um and we literally wore those suits the whole weekend and like we were like ha, ah, look at us we're freaking dorks but um after that weekend that tracksuit became the most bad luck item in my closet dude literally same shit happened to me. Like, I almost got fired from my job wearing that tracksuit. Um, I freaking totaled my car in that tracksuit. Like, uh, like just bad string of events anytime I wore this thing. So now it literally has been sitting in my closet for like years. I don't touch the damn thing. It's like, it's like voodoo or something. So if anybody wants to buy a polo tracksuit, for sale take it just get rid of the damn thing
0: i don't want it <laughs> that's crazy um, yeah.
1: but that's, that's, that's so funny that i'm not the only person that believes in bad luck articles
0: of clothing dude it's like it's definitely real because literally i i try to break that curse i was just like yeah i'm just you know picking the wrong days to wear this but it got to a point where so many bad things were happening i was like i don't want another bad day so i was, I was just i'm just gonna get rid of it
1: yeah dude i i Oh, I'm on the same page with you on that 100%. Like, bad luck articles of clothing exist, and they shouldn't be worn. Maybe they're just bad luck for, like, one person. Because I feel like if if you were to give that a Casey Strange shirt to somebody else, or if I was to give this polo suit to somebody else, maybe they wouldn't have bad luck in it. Maybe it's just us. Maybe that article of clothing just affects us. I don't know. Because I had a hat like that, too. I um When I was, like, 20, and this this was, like, a bad karma hat, basically – I got in a fight with this freaking drug dealer and he was wearing this badass like Hornet, like Charlotte Hornets hat. And I was like, yo, that's a sick hat. And we got in this fight and the dude like ran away, but he left his hat. I was like, fuck you. I'm stealing this hat. So I stole a hat from the dude. And every time I wore that fucking hat, bad shit happened to like, uh, I got cheated on in that hat. Like, I'm pretty sure I got in a car crash with that hat. Like I, like, I had so many bad things happen. so eventually i was like fuck it i don't want this hat so i gave it to my friend and he wore the damn thing every day nothing bad ever happened to him so i think it was just like the bad karma behind me stealing this hat from this fucking dude um that made it bad luck for me you know
0: <laughs> yeah and it doesn't um uh, agree with your vibe
1: <laughs> uh that's that's funny
0: so you lived in uh, North Carolina, so you, you knew how that scene was. Can you talk about how different it is? I'm um, coming out to California, where there's no shortage of shows.
1: Holy shit, dude! Let me tell you something. California, uh, I'm gonna say there are three places in the country that I have been that have the best scenes, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Number one is Southern California. Like I have never seen a a more packed scene than this with so many shows uh shout out to the other two scenes long island has got one of the best scenes in the freaking country too um always felt really at home there like there's always so many people same thing with richmond richmond's got one of the best scenes in the country as well um but dude SoCal, like i had kind of like when i was like living in charlotte i had kind of stopped caring about hardcore as much like obviously I still liked it. It was still part of my life and everything, but I wasn't like listening to it every day. I wasn't like, Ooh, let's start a band. Like I wasn't like feeling, you know, as strongly about it, but that literally changed the minute that I moved here. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll go to a couple of shows. And then I like, I followed that LAHC Instagram page and I saw all the shows that were going on. I was like, Holy shit, dude. Like there's so many bands playing that I want to see. I'm just going to go to all of them. So I've literally been like, I have to stop myself from going to some of these shows. Cause like some of them are kind of expensive too. Like they, there's like some older bands that will play like freaking uh, American nightmare and ceremony are playing at the Fonda theater right across from my apartment. Well, at least they were supposed to, I don't know if the coronavirus canceled that or not, but I was like, tickets, yeah, tickets for like 30 or 40 bucks. I was like, damn, like I just saw ceremony when they played at the Regent for their record release shows. Like, do I really need to go again? Like, but I also want to see American Nightmare. It's like, yeah, it's kind of pick and choose because there's so many good shows. Um, But like, literally, dude, ever since I moved out here, like, I've been definitely vibing a lot more with hardcore. Like, not to mention, there's so many good bands out here that like on the East Coast, I didn't really even know who they were. And then once I moved out here, it was just like, whoa, how have I never heard of that band before? You know, like, I saw, I saw Drain for the first time at Sound and Fury, and their set at Sound and Fury was ridiculous. I watched it from up in the balcony, and it looked like uh, there's just all these dudes with, like, boogie boards and shit, and it literally looked like um, when Blind Justice played United Blood in 2016 or 17, when, like, the same shit happened, like, people were, like, throwing, like, boogie boards and, like, pool noodles and all that kind of stuff. It was that same kind of energy, but it was for a West Coast band, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. How have I never, like... I mean, I'd seen the name Drain on Flyers before, but I'd never, like, listened to them. And I was like, this band is insane. The same thing with, like, uh, I'd, I'd never really, like, seen Gulch before. I saw them for the first time out here, and, like, I was like, yo, this band's incredible. Like, what have I been sleeping on back home, you know? So um, all these all these awesome bands, like, uh, same thing with, like, the, the, the adjacent bands, like, the uh, the, sh- the shows that like Sweet Souls played, a lot of the bands that we played with are awesome. Um, we played uh, at the Shake Cafe with this new band called Glean. Uh, they're all like really young kids. They're really they're really nice. Uh, they they they're freaking sweet. Like uh, there's a lot of just there's so many good bands coming out of California that like are really doing well, and it's just awesome to see because I'm coming from somewhere where like. There's no local bands anymore. Like you can't book a show in North Carolina because there's like no locals. But it's like here, you can you have an abundance of locals. You know you can you can do anything.
0: That's true. It's like yeah, you gotta ring up a couple people and uh, there's always people around, which is um, awesome because there's so many people out here and then there's so many bands going on that even if it is like a last minute thing, um, there's usually like no problem getting that together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I went to um, I went to that last minute show at the Rec Center. That one that they did for Judiciary. Uh, it was like Judiciary Vamakara. Uh, I can't remember who else played, but like that was like a last minute show. They had announced it like the day before, and the place was packed. Like for a show that had just gotten announced, it's it's crazy. Like the only time that I've ever seen that happen back home is we did a last minute show for power trip at a 100 cap venue and announced it five hours before the show. And obviously that place filled up cause it was power trip. But like, you know, you got bands like younger bands out here and like you can, you can pack out direct center on a day's notice is just ridiculous to me. That's, that's just insane. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. The, I don't know if you saw this morning, uh, out is playing a last minute show there tomorrow. Are they? Yeah, it's running out uh, Beyond Pain and Chamber tomorrow at 8. Oh,
1: shit. That's sick. I'm totally going to go to that. That's, that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I I actually... I don't... You know, uh, Chamber, their vocalist, uh, Jacob, he, uh, he's from North Carolina, and oh. he used to play in a band called Dwell, and I've known that for years. Um, I've never actually seen Chamber before, mm-hmm. so... um I would love to go down there and, and see them see rotting out. So that'll be cool. I'll, I'll tef- definitely be going to that.
0: Yeah. It, it's crazy that their tour basically is uh, getting paused and it's not even like halfway through their tour.
1: Yeah, dude, it's, it's nuts. Like I've seen that happen to so many bands, like, um, every, like on all levels too, like hardcore bands shows are getting shut down. Then you've got like freaking Coachella getting shut down, like all these, like me like I, I don't know if you saw what was happening with young gov no but uh those guys are basically like stranded out in texas right now because all their tour dates fell through <clears throat> and they basically like don't have enough money to get home so like a, bands are like especially like <clears throat> bands that are like actively touring and you know that's their way of making a living. they're really really suffering right now like uh, this whole like epidemic is like it's it's shut down so much opportunity for people and it's it's sad to see, um, but yeah like I really hope that uh, that they're able to figure things out and they're able to get enough help. I think they have got like a, a GoFundMe up or something like that right now. But um, yeah, like anybody that's able to help those guys out, definitely do it. Um, yeah, it's insane. But on the flip side, um, freaking. This is like the most non-hardcore thing to talk about, but Live Nation is tanking right now, like because they had to cancel all their freaking, uh, all their, all their shows, concerts or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: I recently like I, I've never been like too crazy like as far as like stock market things go, but I literally had people telling me like, "Yo, Live Nation's down right now, buy stock." I was like, "Really?" They're like, "Yeah, trust me." You'll thank me later. I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I went and I've never bought stock before, but I was like, okay, cool. I saw their stocks down, so I just bought a bunch of shares of Live Nation stock and American Airlines stock because of coronavirus. And they're like, yeah, this is gonna make you some money. I'm like, okay, whatever you say, cool, I'll do it. (laughs) So anybody that's listening that is trying to get uh, involved in stock, this is the time to do it. Yeah, but
0: looks like it's on funny. the rise.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you bought it, and yeah, I, I'm looking at it right now, and it's like going up.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it's it's ridiculous. Like all these companies, like I feel bad because a lot of a lot of companies are going to go out of business because they're not going to be able to hold their doors open. Like um, my job, um, my boss he's really tight like a couple of the older theaters around LA like movie theaters like the cinema cinema type of places like that show old films and things like that Mm -hmm. um like a lot of those like historic movie theaters that have been around for years are like talking about having to close their doors for good because nobody is coming to watch movies right now because the virus so like it would really suck to see like some of these historic like movie palaces that have been open for like
0: decades have to just completely shut down for good you know it's wild man yeah like i'm scheduled to go to florida in a couple weeks uh like and i don't even know where we're gonna be at in that time frame so like my trip and it's not like an important trip it's like i'm going for like vacation so i'm just like really curious to see how this whole thing uh plays out yeah dude well
1: good luck with that like (laughs) i hope you don't Get well! Um, I know a lot of people right now that are taking advantage of the flights. Like, I've got three friends that are flying out here from the east coast in like a couple weeks, just because they got round trip flights for nine bucks, which is unheard of. They're like, ah, oh, screw it. If I if I get sick, I get sick. I'm going to California for a week. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, but my buddy flew from uh like Burbank to New Jersey and only like he said there's only like five people on his entire flight.
1: I believe it, man. Like, especially going to like New York or New Jersey, because, um, I was supposed to go, I was supposed to fly to New York for work, um, in a week and a half, um, because our, uh, our like parent company is based out of New York City. Um, and we were gonna, we were supposed to take like a, a flight out there to go to like a conference, but literally, I think somebody in the office building, in new york like got coronavirus so they were like yeah now we're shutting this whole thing down you guys stay in la like don't don't come over here mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy yeah dude it's nuts <laughs> but um it sucks because like I'm, I'm pissed that um, a lot of these sweet soul shows are getting canceled like um the uh the program show like i said that one's not happening anymore we got we're supposed to have a couple other shows coming up um we're supposed to be playing in Huntington Beach in the end of March. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Hopefully, it does. Um, Dang, but,
0: uh, we're at in Huntington Beach. In. Yeah, um, uh, I don't know what else.
1: Do you know what where about? in
0: Huntington Beach? Sorry.
1: Um, I don't know where in Huntington Beach. I know. Um, I saw the flyer. I think the only band that I can remember that was on it was that band Union Front. I'm pretty sure it's like a hardcore show, and we're just like playing it. Um, Mm -hmm. We most of the shows that we play are usually hardcore shows because that's just like where we can get in. Um, So, so yeah, I'm not entirely sure the venue in Huntington, but uh, that's where we're supposed to play on the 21st. Not sure if that'll happen. Uh, Hopefully, it does, but you never know. But uh, you know, if not, we'll just have to wait. Like we've got, we like it's crazy because Kyle, uh, our bass player. He uh, he's like uh he works for a, an agency in in Beverly Hills or wherever. So he's like he's like on top of it when it comes to like booking shows and everything because that's like his real job, you know. Yeah. So he's like got us all like a, a a freaking Excel spreadsheet and like got everything like legitimate. Like he's got like all of our shows scheduled out for the next like few months, basically like. He handles all that stuff. The kid's, like, natural at it. So uh, it's awesome that he's able to basically manage the band. Because in the past, like, with all my other bands, I've always had to been, like, the band dad. Like, the guy who basically, like, you know, pays all the band bills, like, books all the shows, schedules the driving, like, basically handles everything. And I always hated having to do that. So that's what happens when you're in a band. Well, my last band... um, which uh it was like it was like a heavier band it was called evade and um it was me and a couple other people and the the two of the members were just the world's biggest stoners so getting them to to do anything was a task (laughs) um so like i was basically like i had to micromanage the fuck out of that band and i hated doing that um but now that in sweet soul kyle is basically the guy who's able to do all that so i can just sit back with my feet up and not have to do any of that shit and it is so nice <laughs> um but yeah he does a, he does a really good job at it he makes me really legit like he just got us got us on this show um we're supposed to be playing may 8th at five star bar with field day which is like uh basically dag nasty um but with a different name so that'll be cool um, I love Dag Nasty, and I've never got to see them. So the fact that we're getting to play with basically that band is, is going to be cool. That'll be awesome.
0: And do you guys have any um, plans to play like non-hardcore shows? Because it, it's cool seeing you guys, uh, you know, get on these bills, but um, are there um, like any efforts to try to get on a show that's not with a bunch of hardcore bands?
1: Um, honestly, like, we're open to play anything. I would love to play some, like, more hardcore adjacent shows. I know we're playing with Big Bite, which I guess they're kind of, like, more hardcore adjacent. I wouldn't say they're, like, a straight up, like, hardcore band. Um, we're playing with them. Hopefully that show doesn't get canceled. Uh, that's supposed to be up in the high desert, uh, April 10th at C47. But, um, I don't think, I don't, think there's hardcore bands on there like uh, i wouldn't really uh, i guess it'd be a stretch to say like big bites like super hardcore band or anything but um i would love to play more like if if there was like more of like a, a new wave scene or like uh, a nemo scene or something like that here in la and i just don't know about it like i would love to like play those types of shows too
0: i would love to see um like a a, a tour with sweet soul nudie mag and jinx i feel like that would be so awesome
1: Yo, yeah, that would be awesome like that that would totally be a badass tour right there i'd love that to happen <laughs> i just gotta you know i think because um sweet souls played with jinx before uh-huh. i don't think i played that show i think that was before i was in the band so i guess maybe somebody knows somebody in that band i don't know if there's any connection to nudie mag but hey if there's somebody out there that can that can hook that up i would be totally down to see that that would be sick
0: all right. We got to put it out there because nudie mag dropped a new record on uh, Friday yesterday. Yes. And it's great, dude. I've listened to that record like front to back, like I think like four or five times. And I love every track on that record. And it's, it's crazy because like you, you listen to the demo, then you listen to that record and it's really great. Those, um, they're all talented. And then it's just like, but they've all been so quiet. There's been like no gigs, like what's going on? Like they have to play at some point. And I, I think it would be really cool to do like a, a cool record release in California. Um, Obviously they're like in the LA area. And I feel like it would be awesome to have like you guys on there, like Sweet Soul Jinx on there just to kind of have like that whole, just like that vibe going. Cause it, it, it's easy, obviously um, the people that are in that band tied to some really big hardcore bands but i feel like that's like that's like low hanging fruit i feel like it would be cool to reach out to like some of the younger bands um you know that are like in that same vein i, I feel like it would just be really cool
1: yeah that would be awesome i would love to play with, with that bander like you said they're, they've always been more of like a studio band like they're not really like i don't know if they've ever played a, a live show i haven't lived here that long so i don't know but like um that would be an awesome fantasy it's like is it it's like the young Brothers. And like those dudes right
0: yeah um to my knowledge it's uh uh Colin young um uh Alec i I, I don't know his last name uh he he played in uh, freedom he plays in twitching tongues um and uh, I'm pretty sure it's his wife
1: oh that's awesome yeah like uh that, that that band's awesome like that that new release they just put out is incredible um I would I would love the opportunity to play with them if it ever came to us that would be awesome. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, putting it out there now. Somebody who's listening, uh let it uh reach out. Let's make it happen.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I know um they just put I, I'm surprised they, they wouldn't do like a record release show. Um but I feel like that that would be something that would be cool to do. Um yeah, that would, that would be awesome. I know that um we're currently trying to figure out what to do for like a record release show. Cause like half the band isn't even from LA. They're from up in the high desert. They're from like, uh, Hesperia and like Victorville, that area, like up, up in the, up in the, the sand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we were talking about doing, uh, which by the way, I don't even think I've said the name of the LP. The LP coming out is, uh, so far, no further. Um, it's going to be a full LP. It'll be on vinyl it's done by Numerality Zine and Extinction Burst. Uh huge thanks to both those guys for, uh, for doing that for us, uh, Nick at Numerality and, New and um, everybody else at uh, Extinction Burst for making that happen. But um, that'll be cool once we get that out there. I think we're going to try to do like an LA record release show and then uh, a desert record release show because. Uh, I feel like the desert is a super underrated scene. Like, we played up there a few times, and, like, people show up, like, for because uh, I didn't know anything about the desert. Like, I didn't know there was a high desert when I moved here until they were like, oh, yeah, come up them. let's play a show up here in the high desert. And I was like, okay, cool, why not? And we played up there a few times, and, like, every single time, there's like, a bunch of kids that show up. We played one show. It was, like, a free show. It was uh, our drummer, Brad. He's in another band called Reclaim. Uh, they're like a hardcore band and uh, they did a record release show and it was literally in somebody's driveway, like in just the middle of Hesperia. And like, I want to say there was like 200 kids showed up. Like it literally looked like, it looked like uh, a freaking like, you know, in Guitar Hero 3, how like the first like level is like that backyard show. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you play that game or not, but like the first like, level in that game is you play like some backyard like keg party Mm -hmm. and it literally looked like that in this dude's front yard like there was like 200 people like bands playing like there was literally like an rv in the middle of like where people were moshing and shit it was funny but it was cool like i didn't know that there was a scene like that up there so it's badass like we played um we did another show up there it was a last minute show with um who was on it it was uh big contest and step for change and stort uh it was originally supposed to be in LA but it got canceled last minute and got moved up to the desert and sweet soul just hopped on it because like all the members besides me and Kyle lived up there. So I just kinda drove up and that that show uh it was it was pretty sweet. Like it was this little like it was in like the back of, uh, it was like a secondhand, like hype store, like, you know, like a vintage type store deal. It was like they had like a side room, I guess. Um, and it was packed, like, I want to say it was like anywhere from like 50 to 100 kids in there for a last minute show up in the middle of the desert. And everybody was going off for all the bands. It was really cool. But, um, so yeah, big, uh, shout out to the high deserts hardcore scene. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like it used to be more active back in the day, uh, like, you know, the band Cool Side.
1: No, I've never heard of them.
0: Okay, they're uh originally from there, because I know like a lot of the members moved out of the high desert, but uh they're originally from there. Uh, th- there used to be this really awesome venue in Victorville called the... The trilogy theater, and it was like in the most random place. I can't even tell you where it is um, now. All I remember is near like some train tracks. But uh, there used to be that venue, which was like pretty awesome. My buddies used to sing in an old like Christian hardcore band from back out there called uh, Sovereign Strength. So I, uh, it used to be way more active. But it's really cool to hear that there's still kids out there to this day doing awesome stuff, and that um kids still show out for shows out there in the high desert. Yeah,
1: it's it's cool. Like uh, I'll say they're they're seeing up there is better than a lot of scenes that I've seen in big cities on the East coast. So, uh, they're doing something right.
2: (laughs) Um, it's
1: it's really cool, but it's cool how many scenes there are in like Southern California within like a two hour radius. Like, like I said, like in, in North Carolina, um, they would do shows in Wilmington, which is like the coastal town city there. And the drive to Wilmington from Charlotte was four hours. Um, So, like, I used to have to drive four hours to go to a show in my own state where it's, like, here I don't even have to drive four miles. But, like, if I really wanted to, like, you can go to a show in San Diego, you can go to a show in Orange County, you can go to a show in the desert, or you can go to a show, like, up in Oxnard, like, Ventura area, and it's, like, a less than a two-hour drive, and it's, like, an entirely different scene. It's insane how many people there are here that you know, put on shows and go to shows and playing bands. It's like, it's, it's mind blowing to me how many people. And that's like the coolest thing about California's hardcore scene.
0: That's really cool to hear. Um, especially from somebody who's uh, not originally from here because uh, like my perspective's always skewed because yeah, um, all of our scenes are so close together, but um, like I've been here for so long. It, it doesn't feel that different when I migrate to the different scenes and when i talk to people from out of state you know who are in like the tri-state area or just other major um, states with like bigger scenes close together i'm always curious and I, I always ask them like how it is traveling across state lines to go to the different scenes and see how it is versus back home because for me it's like yeah well, like you mentioned there's so many different scenes um within the state and it's just a couple hour difference but like for me growing up here it all just seems the same because I, I see so many of their uh same faces you know because they do the same thing they, they travel because it's not that far
1: yeah yeah exactly like it's it's wild because like i feel like uh things aren't quite as spread out down here where it's like back home like i would go to shows in richmond i would go to shows in atlanta and both of those are like four to five hour drives it's like usually like you'd go for a weekend like you crash on somebody's couch and just kind of hang out and do whatever in the city all day and go to a show but like it's uh it was kind of like shows were kind of like a reason to like take a weekend off and, and go somewhere you know it's like oh i'm gonna go down to atlanta and like <laughs> check out some cool food spots because i'm like i'm like a huge like self-proclaimed foodie so like i'm obsessed with like weird hipster food like that so it's like oh where can i go and find a weird thing like a weird coffee shop and then a place to eat and then go to a show things like that which uh was always a fun reason to travel and like you get to hang out with friends things like that like um there's uh there's like uh it's a hardcore kind of like a way to you know go new places you know
0: yeah for sure so last thing I, I i know you've done a bit of uh sightseeing all over southern california can you talk about uh the your most favorite spot that you have got to visit since you moved here
1: oh my god dude there's so many <laughs> um man uh ooh, that's a tough one i'm not gonna lie like there everything's got it's like uh specific things about it that i love like I've gone up to Malibu and been to the beaches and gone hiking up there and it's beautiful. Like there's a lot just here in LA that I can say that I've done that I love. Um, I got to go to Disneyland a couple of times because one of my buddy's uh, wife works there. So she got us in, um, San Diego has been beautiful. Uh, we took a trip up to big bear and just like went hiking up there. Like it's, it's so nice. Like, I love I love California because like literally it's the only place that you can go for a hike in the mountains and then go swim in the ocean the same day so it's like it's it's unreal the way that, that is um but as far as a favorite place goes who uh, that's a tough one I would probably just have to say right here in la like uh, just all the different like I said I like I like food and and coffee. So just all the different like coffee shops and and different weird food spots that I've been able to go to the city has been like that's been the most enjoyable thing for me.
0: (laughs) Damn. Well that's awesome to hear. I'm honestly glad that you're enjoying your time here in Southern California and I'm just really happy to have you a part of the scene and just here in California and just doing your thing and I'm 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 happy to hear that you're happy here.
1: Yeah, it's uh, literally, dude, I don't want to say that I was a pissed off and miserable person in Charlotte, um, but I kind of was. And like moving here has just like, it's been so much of a positive change for me. Like, like, I I feel like there's a lot of like toxic people that I don't have to see. Like, it's just made me overall a happier person. Like the weather, it's just like, I feel like uh, a a reborn person that's just, uh, I feel like Just so much more positivity here. It's it's awesome.
0: Hell yeah. And before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug?
1: Oh, you better believe it. So, um, bands wise, gotta shout out all the North Carolina bands and uh one South Carolina band. Obviously, shout out to Magnitude. Those guys are holding it down, making making the best music right now. Um, Fake Eyes, which is uh Paul's like they kinda sound like home. Check them out. Um Check out Raw Hex, which is, like, kind of, like, black metal-y, crusty. Like, it's members of, like, Young and Malay. Unruly Boys, uh, if you're into, like, skinhead oi music, definitely check them out. Funeral Shoots, um, awesome. Like, kind of, like, you know, HM2 kind of sound stuff. Riot Stairs from South Carolina, check them out. Uh, Richmond bands, definitely Downfall, Red Vision, Outsider. Um... Jamie's new band, No Other Way, uh, Dead and Dreaming. uh, They're even doing anything right now, but they just dropped that record last year. It was amazing. Um, Atlanta, Strangle You, shout out to Cayman. Uh, Another band called Living in Fear, check them out. Uh, Long Island Scene and New York in general, Hangman. um, Members of that band and a bunch of bands, actually. They started a new band called Koyo. Uh, check them out. They're like really cool, like uh, hardcore Jason, I guess. Uh, combust from Staten Island, and then here in LA, uh, Dead Heat, Wise, Drain. Like those are those are probably my favorite bands from here at the moment. So shout out to all those guys. Once again, shout out to Immorality, Ian and Nick, and uh, shout out to Extinction Burst.
0: Hell yeah that was awesome i'm glad you came prepared a lot of people are, i feel like i put them on the spot and they're like scrambling to do shout outs but you you signed up prepared and i i think that's awesome
1: yeah i always like to make sure that are the right people that deserve attention get it you know
0: <laughs> hell yeah well thank you again zach this has been awesome uh welcome to california and i love sweet soul so thank you again this has definitely been awesome for me
1: absolutely thanks again for having me on the podcast jamie
0: all right and thank you guys again for listening this has been another episode of the jamie RK podcast always on top